Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang. And as always, happy to be joined by a good friend of ours here at the show from Tape Don't Lie, Marcus Johnson, covering all things Raiders, watching all the films. So you don't have to spend the 50 hours a week that he might be (laughs) checking it all out. Marcus, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. No problem. Thank you for having me once again. Of course. Uh, this show is brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. And the reason I wanted you on today is because I want to take a deeper dive into the 2023 NFL draft, obviously, particularly for the Raiders. I think there's a lot that we're not talking about. I've been talking a lot about the number seven pick. What's that number seven? Uh, quarterback, defense. But we're not really delving in to a lot of the Jack Campbells of the world or the Julius Brents. And those are the guys I'm hoping to get a take on from you. First of all, I wanted to get a take on probably what you have as an opinion on one of the deeper cornerbacks that could really pop off the page for the Raiders if they were to take somebody later into like round three with that hundred pick or down the road here in the draft. Uh, I mean, I mean, you mentioned somebody that I really like that they could take day two or day three is Julius Brents. I know Julius Brents, I mean, he has really good tape, definitely a tough player. He can tackle well, covers pretty well as well. Um, he showed a lot of athleticism, not as much in the 40 time, but with the vertical leap and all the other stuff. So, I mean, he's definitely somebody that you can look at that can help out and, you know, come in, come in right away and help out. And there's somebody the Raiders have met with at the combine. So I definitely like him deeper in the later rounds. Like another player that you can look at is a guy like Darius Rush uh, from South Carolina. That's a player that you can maybe look at the, uh, in the later rounds. He had a pretty good senior bowl. And, you know, the Raiders are big fans of the SEC. I mean, half the draft picks they made last year, the SEC pick. So uh, definitely a guy out there as well. And then there's another guy I like uh, from Miami. He's Tajay Stevenson. Definitely had another senior bowl guy from Miami that you could definitely watch and maybe pick up late in the later rounds for cornerback. And, you know, even earlier than that, if you don't want to go too far, I mean, there's players like Deontay Banks and from Maryland. We don't know how far he's going to fall, you know, Especially with, you know, not the, really the buzz of him getting first round buzz. I know a lot of people do like him. So he's kind of a day two, day three guy. And when you're a day two uh, player, I mean, you could fall all the way to 70 or something like that. Just from people drafting for need more in the day two than they do for a best value player. Right. So. Right. You can see somebody like him falling. And uh, I mean, but those are some of the players that I like. And another one is Riley Moss, too. Definitely a tough player from Iowa. Had a great 40 times as well. Uh, great combine as well. And, you know, he has pretty good tape. So as somebody they could look at a couple. There's a couple of guys I think they could look at later on in the draft. There's a name when you say Iowa that comes up to me, but it's on the tight end side of the thing. And that's Sam Laporta. When you look uh-huh. at a guy like Sam Laporta, do you think that he could be an asset to the Raiders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I re- I'm a real big fan of Sam Laporta. I mean, he's nice. definitely somebody that could be like a, uh, you know, split out and play, you know, even a little bit wide receiver as a tight end. He's a great route runner. Definitely could run a lot of option routes. And there's so many things that, you know, Josh McDaniels likes to do. Um, so, I mean, Sam Laporta is somebody that they could look at. Uh, usually when they draft tight ends, they like them like they like them over 250 pounds. Sam yeah. Laporta came, came up around 245. So, you know, I don't know how nitpicky they're going to get with that because, I mean, usually historically, 
when you know just from the they follow a lot of the Patriots measurables. So historically, the Patriots, uh, you know, they, they never drafted a tight end or two fifty. But you know, they might be some outliers that they might like. And Sam Laporta is one of those players that I really like on film. He's one of my favorite tight ends in the draft. And uh, but because just because he's a route runner, I think, he, I think people don't are knocking his blocking a little bit. But I think he's okay. a better blocker than people are giving him credit for. I think it's something he can do. He might not be the best in the world at it, but he's definitely a, a good player, uh, especially if just receiving wise. I mean, he's not he can beat tight tight ends. Uh, sorry, safeties and you know those type of players and linebackers. It's very tough, very difficult for him to be guarded by those type of players. And you know his game against Illinois is pretty special. That's one of the best games to watch on film if you want to get uh, you try to see what he is he is like and what kind of player he is. Yeah. But uh, he's definitely somebody that I, I have my eye on. For the Where Bears. would you sift him out at in in terms of rounds and and position in the draft? So I mean, with tight end, there's a there's a lot of depth at tight end. Yeah. I really see him more of like a a day two player. I don't see him as a first round player in my opinion at this point. I think they, I mean, like the, the loose Musgraves, Michael Myers, um, and uh, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Those are more of the guys that probably go first round. But I see him going around day two. I mean, he might be an option at 38 if they yep. really like him. If if it's somebody they like, I mean, he might be around at 70. It depends on how there's a run on tight ends or something like that. There might be a run on cornerbacks in the second round. So uh, I mean, that's it's kind of just i mean he'll be right there when the raiders pick in 38 or maybe 70 i think he's gonna fit in that range and maybe they could trade up for him if so if something that they like but yeah i'm definitely a big fan of sam laporta i was too so i'm really glad that what you saw on film is so some i saw on film because i yeah. i don't consider myself a film expert but by all means you know i i look at what's going on on film and i think i i could for the most part go okay I, I know what's standing out here. I know what's flashing. And I like Sam Laporta as well. Some of the names on the corner, uh, excuse me, quarterback part of um, the later rounds have been surfacing around, particularly with Jake Hayner from Fresno State. Another mm -hmm. one's Tanner McKee. But when I spoke with Daniel Jeremiah about him, he was saying that you know, he kind of suffered behind a bad offensive line. So when you think about those prospects, is there one over the other that you think could be a good developmental type quarterback with the Raiders under Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I think, I mean, f from their perspective, I would probably say it would probably be Tanner McKee mm -hmm. if they're going to pick between those two guys because Tanner McKee is just a bigger quarterback. I think Jake Hanner is a little bit on the smaller side. Um, I think he's barely 200 pounds and, you know, he's uh, barely six foot. So there's a lot more, um, you know, get to worry about with him even though he's big, he's a really tough player and he's really a big gamer i mean just a size thing you you would rather go with tanner mckee who's 231 pounds uh a whole uh, best, definitely a bigger quarterback and you know he has a lot of pro system in him and coming from stanford and you know the stanford team is not really good around him didn't you know they they he, he didn't have a lot of players that he could throw to that you know would make impacts or you know those type of guys around tanner mckee so i think if from you know, a developmental perspective. If, if you know, if I was see myself in the Raiders shoes, I think they would like the bigger quarterback. I think Tanner McKee kind of hit through some of their, uh, you know, their, their measurables as well too. Some of their kind of their combine things. So I could see him coming in there and and being somebody they could develop in the later rounds because you know Tanner McKee doesn't have a lot of buzz around him right now. So I could see him kind of falling into the third round or maybe even the fourth round where they could pick him up and kind of try to develop him from there. So as we stay on the offensive side of the ball. This is just a question that kind of came to me as we've been speaking here. When you look at what the Raiders have done in the offseason with the wide receivers and how they already had Hunter, they already have Devontae, they have Philip Dorsett now, they uh, kept Keelan Cole, and then they add Jacoby Myers. 
Do you mm-hmm. feel like that there's any chance whatsoever that they might take a flyer on like a late round type of wide receiver prospect, somebody that they can try to grow from the ground up with this team? Yeah, I think so. I think they're looking for speed. They're looking for really fast guys. Um, I mean, just from doing my research, they they met with four wide receivers at the combine. They met with okay. Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, who's a speed guy. They met with Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, speed yeah. guy. They met with Zay Flowers, which I don't think Zay Flowers is going to be in the later rounds, but speed guy, yeah. <laughs> right? Speed guy. So I think they're looking for a Philip Dorsett type of player. Philip Dorsett's uh, he's thirty. You know, he's coming off of like having 20 catches last year and he's definitely being paid league minimum. So I don't think it's somebody that, you know, they, everybody's like, we're going to um, depend on him during the season. So I could see them drafting somebody in that similar sense of Philip Dorsett in the later rounds. And I think like you know, the player like Tyra Scott from Cincinnati uh, definitely has some pretty good tape and he can really stretch the field a lot. And the same with Zay Flowers, but Marvin Mims is somebody that they're really interested in. And I, I think that he has that ability to stretch the field as well. So he ran a 4-3-8 at the Combine. And if you go watch him when he played with Kayla Williams, it's a totally different tape than he had this year not playing with Kayla Williams. So you can see how you know effect, a quarterback kind of affected his draft stock a little bit. But that is somebody that I think they might you know try to pick up in the later rounds. But I think wide receiver is going to be a position that might shock people when yeah. they – you know, when they pick some of these guys, because I, I still think that they're looking for more speed at the position and probably some more yak guys for Jimmy Garoppolo if they, you know, if they want him to be the starter because he depends on yak a lot. On the defensive side of the ball, there's, I think, in certain positions, a lot of depth and other ones, not so much. Like we were talking about cornerbacks earlier, but when it comes down to interior defensive linemen, there doesn't seem to be a lot of depth. Is there somebody that you think that you could put a name on that you would say would be a good uh, second day type guy that could help be somebody that the Raiders need and the interior defensive line? I think there's a couple guys, you know, just kind of see what they what they've been doing with nose guard. Um, uh, they they haven't sorry nose tackle. They haven't really uh, kind of you know even though they have Neil Phil there, you know you you're a little worried about how he played year one. So I think he's got like uh, Siaki Ika from uh, Baylor. Yeah. I mean that's a guy who's not getting a lot of buzz at all right now, but he has some pretty good tape. And you know somebody to be available day two, day three to come in and play nose tackle right away. And he has the ability to kind of develop as a, as a pass rusher. His junior tape is really good. And, you know, that's his senior tape is not as good as it was his junior tape, but you still see that the ability to rush the passer, you still see he could, he's a monster and hard guy to move. And he's a, really a great player there. Some other players that are, you know, out there that had great off seasons that, I mean, their tape didn't really match it though. I think Zach Pickens from uh, South Carolina, he's had a great off season, really showed a lot of athleticism. He's played defense tackle for South Carolina. I think his tape is a little underwhelming, but, but I think it's somebody they might like. Uh, same thing with Keanu Benton. I think his tape really doesn't match as much as he's as much as his ability that he's shown at the Senior Bowl because he had a great Senior Bowl. He went out there and dominated the one on ones. Had a great Senior Bowl out there. And another player that I I kept my eye on just because you know he got a lot of pressure in uh, the the MAC conference was Carl Brooks. I think somebody that they might be able to get late day three in my opinion, probably like in the fifth round, just because he is kind of a little bit of a tweener. But he he does you know you can't pay three hundred pounds on defensive end like he did in college. He's probably got to play inside and play inside primarily at the Senior Bowl, but he got pushed around a little bit you know as a week learning along. So I think he's gonna his draft stock's not on the rise, but I think there's somebody that can get uh, late day three. Carl Brooks uh, from um, the kid I think it's cool Bowling Green at the top of my head, but oh, yeah, that's Bowling somebody Green. that can look okay. at. Okay. Yeah, yeah, from Bowling Green. So okay. there's a player that they can look at in the later rounds for defensive tackle. 
Well, right there, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about current events with you. And I've got more defense questions because I think that is a side of the ball that the Raiders so desperately need to take care of, hopefully through this draft. Let's talk about it more on the other side. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie. I love that show. You guys got to check it out. Uh, what have you guys been working on with Tape Don't Lie? So uh, this week we're going to do tight ends and, uh, and defensive tackles. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. And then I'm doing some Clayton Toon stuff, kind of warming up for watching some of these other quarterbacks and just getting prepared for the draft. I mean, we're two weeks away. <laughs> so we're just going to be working on that, getting prepared for that, doing as many breakdowns as I can and getting them out there for the people. Nice. And that's what I'm hopefully doing here as well. And part of what I want to break down is some news that broke today. Devin White from Tampa Bay looking for a trade. Would you or mm-hmm. would you not pursue him for the Raiders? If I was the Raiders, I wouldn't. Um, I, the, the real reason, I think a lot of it, what they really need is somebody that can um, – play the pass, play pass coverage. And I don't think that he's an upgrade from Denzel Perryman uh, in that in that regard. I think, you know, if you, if you wanted to go after Devin Wright, I understand he's a little bit of a younger player and he had a really good year um, when they went to the Senior Bowl. But since then, he's, you know, he's been pretty down, especially last year. He did not play well at all. Uh, there's a lot of effort issues that he showed and things like that. And maybe he needs a fresh start and that will help out. But it, I wouldn't expect the Raiders to take a flyer there because, I mean, I mean, even though he does play the r- run really well, he hasn't the last couple of years. And I, I think that's something you, I mean, it all depends on the price. And I'd rather, if they're going to trade for somebody, they could have traded for like Zach Mason or Zach Mason or something like that to kind of help out with the offensive line a little bit. But yeah, Devin White, you know, it's, you know, he's a big name and I think a lot of fans would want him and like a lot of fan excitement, but I don't know on the field how that would happen, but you never know. I mean, if they, if they trade him and maybe he needs that fresh start and he comes in here and he plays a lot better, maybe you don't never know. But I mean, he was playing with Tom Brady and a lot of leaders over there and, you know, he's not seeing that effort that you would like to see from your linebacker. So um, that's kind of the the issue I have with Devin White a little bit is that the, the name hasn't been matching the play. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I was looking at it and thinking, well, fifth year guy, you know, coming up on the fifth year thinking, okay, yeah, 11, I think it's 11.8 that he'd be due. But at the same point, like you would have to give up some capital to be able to get him. And as we've Mm. been talking about defense and trying to get other players, that's where I wonder, like in this draft, how deep is linebacker? And do you think that there is a stud that it could really help the Raiders in terms of coverage like you were talking about? Yeah, I mean, the, the main guy is Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell is probably the best linebacker in the draft. Um, I know a lot of people like Trent Simpson, but, you know, Jack Campbell just plays the run and actually plays NFL linebacker. A lot, a lot of the problems with college football right now is not a lot of guys playing NFL linebacker. They're a little bit, they're kind of basically playing safety. And, you know, they're not a lot of guys coming downhill, taking on guards. And that's what Jack Campbell does. He's a little bit of an old school linebacker, but he also has modern athleticism that you want at linebacker position. He really reminds me of Leighton Vander Esch, uh, oh, yeah, who, okay. who, who's, who's played like 10 years in the NFL right. and was a really good player before injuries. And I think that's somebody that he reminds me of. And But I don't know how far Jack Campbell's going to fall. I think, I mean, 38 might be the best option to get him there. Okay. But after that, I mean, it kind of goes back. I mean, if, if they feel like the linebacker depth 
depth in this draft, which I don't think is very good. I think once you get past some of these guys, I think you're just taking flyers, in my opinion, mm-hmm. especially after like, you know, Simpson and Campbell. I think after that, you're kind of seeing some guys that are a little undersized um, and, you know, they, they don't play the run very well. Right. And then, I, I mean, in, especially in today's modern linebackers, I mean, they got to be able to do both. You know, I think the first linebacker's first job is to play the run. And a lot of these guys are kind of like I said, they're playing safety and they're having to learn how to play NFL linebacker at the next level. And, you know, some of these guys are take some more development, but the linebacker class is kind of on the weaker side. So, I mean, it, it kind of gives you like maybe they might go after Devin White because of that. But hopefully they have a plan for that. To get, and maybe they like the class better than most people do. They may have some, some guys they really like that they feel like can come in and help. Because another guy that uh, Noah Sewell is another player that they could probably get in the later rounds uh, who fits what really they want at inside linebacker. He's 250 pounds, blitz as well. And he he, he has the ability to come downhill and, and take on some guards too. So uh, I think a couple of those players uh, like Sewell and Campbell are some really good guys that could probably find in the later rounds. So would you say that, let's say, after the third round, if the Raiders have not yet drafted a quarter, I mean, excuse me, a linebacker, that there's any chance of getting anyone there that's really talented outside of maybe taking a flyer on somebody that may have some upside to you? Yeah, I mean, there's players like like Henley from Washington State, uh, you know, the, the player from Tulane. I can't think of his name right now, but he's he's a player. I think it's Dorrance Robinson. Um, he's a player that I really like, too, that that in the later rounds, like he had a really good game against USC. And that's the type of player that you probably want to look at past like third round, day two, late day three type of linebacker. Um, because I, I just think that, you know, even though he's undersized, he's still able to come up and play linebacker a little bit. I think overshone from Texas. Like I said, he's a little bit of a safety, really, really skinny guy. And that's how most of the linebackers are later on in the draft. So I, I think that, you know, if they want a starting linebacker, they have to get one a little earlier than they might want to if they if they make that decision. Because, I, you know, after like Sewell and a lot of some of those guys, which I still think Sewell probably be there day three. I don't think Sewell is going to be a guy that they're going to have to take in the third round or take in the second round. So that could be somebody they could look at probably in the fourth round or something like that that can come in and, and play linebacker for them. But you know, those are a couple of other players that I like in the deeper rounds. It's probably Dorrance Robinson and Overshone from, uh, from Texas. All right, I'm going to look at them up when I get home. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next thing <laughs> is how much did the Lions kind of change the scope of what could happen to the Raiders by trading Jeff Okuda and now at six, you're predicting, well, they're probably going to go cornerback, right? So you figure there's Christian Gonzalez, there's Devin Witherspoon. Um, but to that complexion, you think about the fact that maybe one or two of them is available there. Who knows what will happen with the Cardinals pick, how that works. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shuffling. And so I wonder, and this is the question and all of that, where does Joey Porter fit in in terms of talent next to Witherspoon and next to Christian Gonzalez? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of fall off, in my opinion, from Joey Porter to those guys. I think Joey Porter, um, and just just in the Big Ten, I think he got, he was getting beat more often than I thought, you know. And he got some little bit of issues in, in press coverage, and a little bit of issues on off coverage. But you know, he just had that length, and he does have the NFL pedigree. So I think he's going to be coming there and probably be a, a good, solid player for you. But I don't, I don't, I couldn't see him being anywhere like close to seven. I think the Raiders would have to trade back if they even thought about taking him because I think this is way too high for him. I think he's more of like a in the twenties type 
type of cornerback or maybe even high second round. I, it's okay. not that, really that type of player that I would, you know, really fall in love with at seven because I just think it's a little bit of a reach. I mean, oh I, yeah, like, no, uh, I didn't want him at seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was know, thinking just, like just, if you trade down for him, like yeah. would you trade out of the seven spot kind of and, and look to see like where you could maybe get somebody like him if you didn't feel that let's say let's say the lions take like witherspoon right and then maybe you didn't want gonzalez which i don't know why you wouldn't but you know just saying like maybe he didn't fit what you were thinking so you can trade down and get porter but like how far down would you go probably probably uh, like 15 okay that's probably what i'd go for jory porter i I wouldn't probably take him before 15 in my opinion and even 15 is a little bit rich for me but i know some people do like him that high it's just it, i don't know i just saw him get beat by some nobodies in the big 10 a little bit too much on film so okay uh that kind of worried me a little bit but yeah i i think that you know later like later on in the back end or maybe if they want to trade back in from 38 and take him i think that would be better okay. than uh kind of trading back and you know because i don't know how far you would want to trade back i mean i don't know where the titans are picking but you know they, if they want a quarterback they might trade up and try to come get 11. a quarterback there are there 11 i think yeah yeah so so yeah i mean that's probably one of the best possibilities for a trade back is the titans because i know they want a quarterback but the commanders are are creeping back there too so it could be some uh some guys that come up and try to get a quarterback and the raiders could trade back and that's probably when i would take joy porter but 11 is even a little too high for me in there because i mean if you trade back you could christian gonzalez might still be there so is it the scariest thing to think that the raiders might reach in this draft for somebody <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh it, it's more about like what I'm scared about is them being safe uh. and taking like a safe player that, you know, like it's not going to get as excited. Cause I think offensive line is the secret one. I think there's a, if they decide to take offensive line high at seven, I think some fans might be a little bit disappointed in that. Um, but I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a wild card. And like Peter Skaronsky, people are really high on him and he could come in and play guard right away for the Raiders. And he could be a starter in my opinion. I think he's, he has a potential to be an all pro guard and, you know, that's not going to get fans excited. Fans are probably like, oh, my God, we took a guard at seven. But, you know, it's he'll come in and he'll play really well. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo needs – he needs a good offensive line. So I think that's something they might look at. And I, I think it's something they're going to look at in the later rounds because, you know, I was doing some investigations on that. And, they, and when, you know, Joshua James was with the Patriots, it felt like they drafted linemen every single draft. And they drafted two last year, um, you know, so they kind of kept that going. And I think in the, in the third and fourth rounds, I think we might see somebody – get drafted for the offensive line no matter what just even if they feel like they feel like they like to stack those guys and get some younger players they could develop at that position now we've actually i wrote down a bunch of names on my list here we've actually touched on almost all of them without me even throwing them at you so but there's two that we did not yet break down and i really want to get your take because it's a name that brian baldinger threw out in uh, one of the podcasts isaiah foskey from notre dame what have you seen from isaiah foskey that would really flash and say to you, this guy is a Raider. Yeah, I think for Isaiah Foskey, I think um, with him, he's just kind of a more of a sound player. I think he plays a run really well. Uh, I think, you know, his junior year was a lot better than his senior year. His junior year was very dominant on tape. You saw a lot of great things from him, a lot of great bend. It kind of really didn't see it as much this year. Um, but, you know, he, he's some, definitely somebody I would say that you probably want to take round late day two in the third round. But I think what he brings is just solid and solid play. I think he would come in and be a solid player right away just because of the way he plays a run and, you know, kind of his pass rush skills, kind of the lack of bend is why you would want to take him later on. But, you know, 
he still has was a great productive player over at Notre Dame, and I think that's kind of just says something just for the production that you get from a defensive end. I think a lot of that translates for production. So when you get that much production from somebody, you really like it. But I think like his, a lot of the things, some of his limitations is kind of the stiffness and little like, things like that might make him fall. But you know, he still ha- he's still a good pass rush. He's very pa- powerful type of guy. Likes to do a lot of power rushing and stuff like that. But he's just the lack of bend. But playing the run and kind of development player edge rusher. I think he's kind of a good player. You can look at, you can get uh, late day two. Okay. So we talk about names here and I, I know I can do this to you, which is great. I could just throw a name like BJ Olajari at you yes. and you know, right away who I'm talking about. What is great about BJ Olajari that could make him somebody that could help the Raiders on defense? So BJ Olajari, I think is pass rush skills. I think his ability to, he has crazy bend. I talk about Isaiah Foskey not having the bend. BJ Olajari is the opposite. He has great bend. Um, you know, he definitely needs to, you know, develop a little bit, getting a little bit more consistent as a pass rusher, but when he wins, it's beautiful to watch. So it's, that's definitely something that he would come in do day one. I think he'd be able to rush the passer. You know, you could mix him in, get some guys some rest and he can come in on third downs and he can just get after the passer and really show his ability to, to, to do that. And, you know, and he has a lot of plethora of moves. Um, Darnell Wright used to talk about him, you know, pretty well. I mean, because he says he just all the moves that he has and he can make. That's just my problem with B. Joel Ajari is that he's really, really bad against the run. He just can't. He just gets pushed around. Mm. And I think that's kind of a, an issue and why I can see him falling a little bit. And But I think somebody that, you know, day one, though, he can rush the passer. And that's something that he's special at. But he's got to get stronger because, he, you know, he's getting pushed around all over the Georgia game. He's getting pushed around most of the time on tape. He just doesn't really play the run really well. So it's something he needs to develop and get bigger and stronger there. But uh, just bend-wise and pass rush-wise, I think he's a pretty special player. Excellent stuff as always. I really appreciate you coming on today to break down the names that we might not be looking at that should be on the radar. Is there anyone that maybe we didn't talk about that you think we should talk about before I let you go? Uh, probably from the old line side of it. I think there's a lot of guys that um, we should talk about. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head. Um, uh, probably some of the centers, I think like, uh, Luke Weipler, um, okay. from Ohio state. That's somebody that I really like. Um, the, the center from Michigan, I can't think of his name, but it's his first name's Olu. I can't, I don't even want to try to pronounce his last name off the top of my head. Cause I can't remember it, but I, <laughs> number 55 for Michigan Olu. I, he's a really good player. I, that's, that's somebody that I think like they could, they could move around and so is versatility because he played guard and center. Olu what he, Michigan. I tried. Oh, 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 yes, yes, from Michigan. That guy, <laughs> really good tape. Uh, Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame is another guy, another guard. That's a good player that they might look at, uh, you know, day two, day three. So I think the center position, not this, not just the center position, but interior O-line versatility. I think they're going to be looking for that. And like I said, they always like to, you know, stack up on young offensive linemen. I think that's going to continue. So those are a couple of guys that I think they're going to really gonna like. Thank you so much for the time again. You can find him on Twitter at TheMarkJohn and also uh, everything that he does on YouTube with uh, Tape Don't Lie. Marcus, thank you so much for the time again. And I will look forward to talking to you probably after the draft, maybe get some analysis from you on who they did get in the hall for the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you again. And everybody, make sure to hit subscribe again wherever you are watching or listening on all of your podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And I will be back next week. Make sure to keep up with everything that we do here at VegasNation.com. Vegas. 
Get in on the sports betting action and get on the SCN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 